At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hmm? Ah! Huh. Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Bake. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show, You. Today, we are covering episodes three and four of season three, titled Missing White Woman Syndrome and Hands Across Madre Linda. Ah, uh, these... Interesting. Yeah. Interesting <laughs> episodes. I know I'm I'm watching at least um, episode three going, what the fuck, love? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just I'm I'm loving the hijinks. I'm I'm still really um digging it and season three's not been disappointing me so far. We're we're getting no. close to the midway point with episode four being in this week's um uh, you know, included in our watch, uh and there's ten, so we're we're getting close. I'm still loving it. H- how are you feeling about these two episodes? I I really liked them. Um I can see how they can be a little more divisive than other episodes or past seasons for sure uh <laughs> for different reasons um yeah. of course one we will get to because it is definitely one of my points i'm gonna try to not soapbox it too much um but <laughs> i'm with you but with we're here ya. for opinions we're here for thoughts we're, it's, so that's what we're gonna do but um but then also just like the the second episode or episode four um i mean it came with a like trigger warning on Netflix whenever I started mm-hmm. the episode like that one that one definitely comes that that might be the darkest the show has gotten and yeah that was that was a rough one <laughs> it was it did take a dark and i mean it's a, already a dark show there's dark things that happen but yeah the yeah. episode 4 definitely had a dark turn to it and i was not expecting um that at all so yeah. yeah i but i'm 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 loving it um i have really missed this show and i i know we're still dealing with serial killer material you know and having just covered dexter it might seem too much but it's definitely a different dynamic it's definitely yeah. a lot more lighthearted. we can definitely um you know kind of laugh at some of the drama you know and and you know the the things that in situations, I guess, that, that Joe and Love, you know, kind of find themselves in. So, yeah. a little bit lighthearted um, than what it is with Dexter. So, uh, yeah, I'm still having having a good time with it, um, for sure. Yeah. I oh, did miss this show. Still quite a good number of funny quotes and different things oh my gosh. That, that this show is really good with. It, it hasn't disappointed uh, for me at all. So... Uh, well, because we are covering two episodes, um, as always, with um, when whenever we cover you, there's a lot to talk about. So let's just go ahead and dive into it. Um, Paik, what is your number five? I figured I would keep number five short, sweet, on par with what we, we, we should be expected to talk about. So I'm just yes. wanted to make it light but fun with this week in Sherry is the worst. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> just, Isn't she? <laughs> just, oh, I can't just, stand her. 
keep up with her. Of course, this whole she is loving the whole Natalie is missing and might be dead thing because it is every possibility and chance for her to plug her own social media presence and mm-hmm. and be the hero this community needs. You know, uh, it's she's so obnoxious. You know, her and her minions, we can call them that, The just Sherry's gremlins. Uh, <laughs> it's appropriate. <laughs> waltzing into the bakery and Love's kind of surprised, like, oh, they're, they're here. What, what, what can I do for you? And they're like, w-. then there's, they're snooping and just trying to, like, play the good neighbor part. But really, it's all just for the drama and the gossip and to make it seem yep. like there are these high and mighty. And I do love, though, that Love is able to play along with that game a little bit she's like you know it is really hard as my neighbor and she's the one that helped me get this place so you know the only thing that keeps me going is just working this bakery and keeping my mind off of it and and being able to sell and she's able to guilt them into all buying these scones which (laughs) that was was hilarious yeah so so good on love for that a, a little thing to notice in there of course is the other two kiki and uh what is it um Andrew? Maybe? Yes, I think so, because his uh, husband's name is Jackson, isn't it? And they made that jo- Andrew Jackson or something like something like that. I think uh, you're right. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have not paid attention because I'm just like, ugh, you two right. are the worst, you know, for following her around. So I'm going to say you're right. <laughs> that sounds right. I could be wrong, but it sounds yeah. right. But uh, they both are just sitting there, and then it's after Sherry's like, why not? I'll go ahead and take one. Then they wait for that cue to be like, yeah, let's, I, you know, let's go I'll ahead and be two. a great treat. Yeah, I'll take, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're waiting on Sherry's order. Um, <laughs> oh, it's disgusting. Right. Gosh. Uh, and then she's like being in school. interviewed outside the Angler home. And Natalie was my dearest and closest friend. And Joe's sitting there watching go, you hated her. Openly were able to just talk about how much you hated her. It's like, what a crock of shit. She's just using yeah. the whole situation for social media clout. She's because even during the interview, she's like plugging all of the ways to follow her loving and dedicated rescue and justice mission. You know, it's all for Natalie, of course. God, <laughs> I know it's sick. And honestly, uh, it's probably this is one of my points, too. So I'll just chime in with what you're saying, because mm-hmm. you're 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 definitely hitting a lot of my points. And I totally agree with everything that you're saying. Right. But it's. <laughs> Her, her trying to, like you said, gain clout with Sherry's um, disappearance is probably one of the most realistic things. Or sorry, Natalie. Um, <clears throat> Natalie's disappearance is probably one of the most realistic things I've seen on the show. You know, right. so many things are so far-fetched um, <laughs> that you're kind of like, uh, okay, well, we're just going to let that go. It can't really happen. This is definitely something that we, we see a lot of. Yeah. You know, and it just it makes you sick. Or, or at least it has me, I know. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, she, it's gross. On live TV, Joe points out, you know, she takes the time to throw Matthew under the bus for not speaking publicly about the, the stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you know, she's got a point. But then she follows that up immediately by then chunking Joe and Lo- <laughs> Love oh, right under totally the bus. How did that? With, yeah. with the whole bakery signing, the bakery signing was the last thing Natalie ever did. And it's like, oh, God. And he's like, as he says, like, did you really just on live television tell the world that the last person who saw Natalie alive when she went missing was my wife? Like, how dare you? Uh, She's the worst. And then just one other like note about 
when they go in in episode four, the the search party thing. It's mm-hmm. like she really just hashtagged her own neon vest. Of course she did. Her little speech, you know, fake crying, you know. This is like you know, and we're all. I'm so glad you're all here uh, together. You know, she's putting on this whole act and it's like hashtag Natalie come home. I'm like, oh my god, gag me! I, I know, <laughs> yeah. I know, and I know our listeners can't see my face, but I'm like eye rolling so hard right, right now because I just yes, terrible. She's the worst. Um, and 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 then she like talks about like where you can find you know all the information you know because they're of course she's spearheading this whole committee to find natalie and Uh. you know oh you can find us on you know facebook and twitter and tiktok and tumblr for those that still use it you know (laughs) totally throwing shade on i don't mean i'd be as popular as what it was but you know don't throw shade at people who still use tumblr right she's so (laughs) gross god Ah, she's awful. She is, she's so two faced on it because you see, you know, Natalie's my closest friend, and then we get that scene where Theo confronts her, which we'll talk about a little bit later, more specific, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But but the reason he does is because she's sitting there, out there in the woods, spearheading this whole search for, her, and she's making these jokes like, "Well, if I had an unfeeling robot like Matthew as a husband, I'd disappear too," <laughs> and just laughing about it, and it's like, "Yeah, wow, you're a horrible person." <laughs> She is a horrible person. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I would love for uh, love to take a rolling pin to her head, too. But honestly, I think what would hurt Sherry worse is just to, like, get canceled and lose all of her followers. <laughs> That's right. what I would love to see. She there's, deserves that more than, like, yeah. being murdered by Love and Joe. <laughs> there's there's the hope, like, prediction for this season is instead of killing Sherry, they find a way to, like, just pin something to where she ends up just losing all of her support and we just see her be alone. Yeah. Someone needs to capture a video of her doing like what she was doing there in the woods, you know, kind of making fun of, you right. know, Natalie's disappearance and her marriage to, to Matthew and yeah, lose all of her followers, lose her her status, you know, mm-hmm. as the mommy blogger and, you know, lose her minions. She deserves that more than anything. So right. I'm with you, she's terrible. Wow. Yeah, good lord. And she just gets worse every episode. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, I just, it makes me cringe. Good point, good point. We we love to hate Sherry, that's for yes. sure. But, you know, and, and Sherry was definitely one of my points, but I'll just add on. So many people in this whole town that they're in are just terrible. You know, mm-hmm. the, the writers do such a good job of making um, all of these like at least so far of who who we've met so far in this town just absolutely terrible and look joe and love i mean yes we know who they are they're murderers (laughs) (laughs) married serial killers uh but we love them no um but my gosh they are just in a town surrounded by terrible people and and it's it's fun to watch for sure but god you're just like ugh, you know just you, you almost wish love would just poison some cupcakes or something and and pass them around town or something right <laughs> all just terrible anyway good way to start it off um i'm gonna include it was one of my points it was my number five but i'll make it my number five since we were just kind of talking about it um as far as sherry and how awful she is and hopefully she loses all of her followers before uh the season's over um mm-hmm. so what is your number four all right uh another another kind of 
short one, hopefully. Uh, but I didn't know what to call it, so it's very loose in a couple of things. But library love. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> Where love happens in the library. Right. I love the library, by the way. I love the library. I never go. I should. Never. But- I admit I have not been in a while, but there I like was a to time. I just stay at home that... and order all my books on Amazon. It's probably not the best way to do things, but it's well, what I now, do. Well, <laughs> back in the day, before we had Amazon, before we had right. internet, uh, I was at the library. And I would usually, I think there was a max of six books you could check out at a time. Mm-hmm. I library for every two weeks. It was a two-week period. I would always check out six books, read the whole six books in two weeks, pre-internet. Look what the internet has done to me, y'all. I don't even read anymore, hardly. Right. Um, but yeah, love the library. Um, never found any Holocan guys or anything like that, unfortunately. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> wrong library. <laughs> but anyway. Didn't have Joe creeping around somewhere. <laughs> didn't have Joe falling all over himself going, you, mm-hmm. are, are you flirting with me? Um Man. Didn't have any of that. <laughs> yeah, but he starts volunteering at the library. He didn't get the job necessarily, but he's doing just some volunteer work and cleaning up. And the Scott Landon display is still there. Uh, it is. <laughs> Good cool. observation. And we meet Dante, another guy who works here at the library. Um, he's blind. They are pointing out and talking about... And immediately I'm like, well, I wonder if that's going to come into play. Uh, maybe some library murder is going to end up having to go down. And he'll be there, but he can't identify what happened. <laughs> mm, you know, good point. Just thinking about it, I'm like, ah. I mean, as much as I would like for love not to murder more people, you just look at things and you're like, mm, things aren't going well for certain characters. Um, yeah. And that is the librarian here, uh, Marion. Marion. Uh because there's this some kind of weird connection between her and Joe where, like, they have this kind of love-hate relationship. Uh, she yeah. knows how to keep him off balance and just, like, kind of pull at his strings a little bit just to make him completely fall apart. Uh, which is really funny to see in some of those cases. The whole white woman syndrome that's, like, the, the title, you know, the episode is named after. Mm-hmm. Is her and Dante having that whole spiel. And he's just like, yeah, I agree. He's like, what do you mean you agree? You don't even know what we were talking about until I explained it to you. Like she just will call him she right called away. Yeah. <laughs> bathroom's that way. You know, like she just has him off balance. Uh, and of course they connect, you know, she has a kid. Joe's got a kid. Now they both had rough upbringings and because they have any tiny little thing in common, are you flirting with me? Whoa. I should be thinking. I immediately stop. Joe, stop. Fucking stop. No, 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 no. Stop. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't do that. Like, in my head, I'm just screaming at the end of the second episode, like, or fourth. Like, stop, stop, stop. <sighs> quit. Quit. <laughs> don't do this again. Your like, wife cut, will kill her. You're done. And you don't want that. <laughs> I know. But I, you know what? I think I have a, a feeling that's where it's headed. I, mm-hmm. Joe needs someone to obsess over. And yeah. Natalie's gone, thanks to love. Um, do you think uh, Marianne will be next? There's a very strong possibility. That's what at least I'd love if they would like lead us that way and then and then twist something on us. They're good I'd at love doing a good that twist. sometimes too. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, but their conversations and stuff were interesting. You know, the <laughs> slept in a cage in his basement. That whole line. <laughs> he just seems like a little. You know, and he's like, oh, I crossed the line. I, I'm just joking. That's too much. But I was like, well, the kind of sad reality of that is it was completely true. Like it's true to at least some degree. Like mm-hmm. he was he was right, but it does sound weird. 
And she's putting an end to his lucrative book lifting to make money for Ellie. That's off the table now. She's caught him, sort of. At least she knows he was taking books. <laughs> so he has to kind of lay low on that. Yeah. yeah, I'm interested to see where this goes, but also real scared for her because I like her. <laughs> I like her, too. I, I feel it in my gut. She might be his next obsession. And, of course, we know how his, you know, obsessions typically end up. So it doesn't sound good for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's like also she seems to indicate that she has maybe a spark or something like you said there's you can definitely tell there's a little something between them but i'm like hang on lady he is involved you know i mean i don't know that they he has fully disclosed his relationship status but he's walking around the library with a baby in a stroller mm-hmm. you know you you can deduce that he's probably in some type of relationship you know or at least might want to find that out you know right. i realize you know you could be just co-parenting or something and might not be attached but you should ask, you know, if you see <laughs> to kind of find that out before you start, you know, getting a little too interested. Um, right. So I'm like, come on, Marianne, you know, be a, be a good girl, you know. Um, but yeah, I do. I, you know, I, I do like her and I, I worry for her fate if Joe turns his attentions too, um, too hard on her. Yeah. It never ends well. Oi, yeah, love the library. Um, so my number four, I wanted to just quickly kind of mention, because um, I think we talked about it when we um, discussed in the previous episode, in episodes one and two, the dynamic between love and Joe. I just, I really love it. I think they're doing such a great job in season three. And the show's always been fun, right? Like season one had its fun. Season two was fun. Season three, I just love this so much. Um, you know, Joe having love to kind of play off of. Like, his crazy, right? And and love is crazy. But mm-hmm. seeing them both in their own ways of being crazy just is fun for me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and his thought process about, well, what he does is logical. But when love does it, she's emotional uh, and crazy. And it's just so fun to watch between them. Yeah. Um and oh my god, it cracks me up because they just just finished covering up Love's first murder here. Well, right. it's not her first murder, but I guess first murder of the sh- the season, I guess. Yeah. Um so like oh they just clean up this mess after she kills their neighbor and Love's like, huh, "I'm going to do it again," you know. Right. <laughs> what? What is happening? Um, so I'm I'm loving the dynamic between those two, and you know, so I want to talk about Gil a little bit. Um, I think he's talked probably a little bit more about him, um, in in further in my notes. But you know, I'm thinking uh, at the end of episode three when she whacks Gil with the rolling pin, and I'm like, oh my god, did she really just do that? Like right. after what just happened, and I'm like, did she kill him? I mean, and I really was thinking, oh, my gosh, she just killed him. And I should know better because if the show has taught us anything, a good blow to the head hasn't really killed anyone yet. I mean, right. look at like Benji, look at Peach. Um, probably there was someone else that I'm totally forgetting. Well, even um, uh, Candace. Right. When yes. He, 
She was knocked out long enough for Joe to bury her under the ground completely after she, like, smashed her head on a rock. But then she That's... still, like, came to and climbed out of the grave. Good point. So... Good point. Candace, too. Blow to the head did not kill her. So should have known that a blow to the head wasn't just automatically going to off kill. But I thought, oh, shit, she just killed him. Mm. Um, and I'm thinking, you know... They're already kind of coming under the heat a little bit. Um, you know, like I said, um, Sherry has pointed out that uh, Love was kind of like one of the last people to see Natalie because of the leasing of her of her bakery. Gil just bought something from her store. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know if he used a credit card or debit card, but it was a card because she handed it back to him. And that's going to show up on his bank account, you know, if the right. police decide to look into it. So not super smart because, no. you know, now the bakery could be mentioned twice with two missing people. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, remember with Natalie, um, the ring, I can't remember what it's called. I'm calling it like the GPS ring um, yeah. or whatever. Would it... Or could it show a location of where his heart stopped? Because mm-hmm. he hung himself in the bakery basement, not in his house. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, would it like have the timing of like, oh, his heart stopped at, like this time. And this is the location of where he was when that moment happened or whatever. Um, yeah. And and I haven't seen, I, I don't know. I just feel like that could be something that catches up with them. Uh you know, uh, like it almost did. And it could still, I guess, you know, with with Natalie's murder, they're just handling these murders like like fingerprints all over everything. Um, and I'm just like, oh, my God, you guys are just like leaving evidence everywhere. Um, <laughs> and it's making me crazy. So, I, I mean, I know I have to let some of that stuff go. But anyway, I'm just thinking how freaking reckless, you know, this whole yeah. thing. Love. um and what she did to Gil, but I'm just, but you know what? Honestly, I was kind of like, I feel like we should just give love this one. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. I feel like we a, should give it, give it to her. The second that he admitted that it was their fault, him and his <sighs> wife's fault, that Henry got sick. And then he said some real sh- dumb shit to ride sidecar with that apology. Yeah. Just the look on her face was like, oh, no, you're screwed. Uh, you Bye, done Gil. fucked up, a eh, Ron. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I was so pissed on love's behalf um, with with all of that that I was like, yeah, you, I'm going to give you this one, love. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to be you know too upset, but I was just shocked, you know, the way she yeah. just marches around her counter and whacks him on the head. Um, yeah, it was kind of where I was sitting there. I was like, love, love, dear. As much as we may or may not want to bash any and all the anti-vaxxers over the head, uh-huh. we 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 just can't do that. It's it's kind of frowned upon, you know. At least mm-hmm. you didn't straight up murder him. You just knocked him out and put him in the box. But uh, still, we can't be doing that, even if people are that way. <laughs> exactly. Although, I'm like, you know, you could have just left him laying there on the bakery floor and just taken the assault charge. I mean, you know, if she doesn't have any priors and considering that it was him and his family's fault, the reason that... You know, Joe got sick and her baby. I mean, little Henry got really sick and had to be hospitalized. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Kind of justified, I think, you know, mm-hmm. and and hopefully she'd just get a slap on the wrist. So I think just let it go. Take the take the charge and not right. go to the trouble of like putting me in the freaking murder box and, you know, <laughs> and then end up where they did. I mean, I guess it 
maybe worked out if they're able to kind of throw the scent off of them and and put it on Gil. But um, I was like, oh, love, you know. <laughs> but I, I gave her a pass for this we, one. We just go simply. back to their therapy sessions where, uh, why do people keep calling me impulsive? Well, <laughs> well, love. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love the whole dynamic be- between her and Joe um, in their conversations. And um, it, it, it's just fun to watch. It's fun to watch of how they play off of each other and, you know, uh, killing people and how they're what they're going to do about it. Right. So mm-hmm. it's just fun to watch. It's fun for me. Yeah. Uh, let's see. That was number four. What is your number three? So my number three kind of ties right in there like the, some of the last stuff i said there was part of that number three so i'll just talk about the measles storyline yeah a little bit let's do it Figured, like i said we'll go there get some opinions try not to get too preachy but we'll be there um mm-hmm. we first kind of get the little hints of it while joe is being questioned by the police officers by the detectives and he's getting all hot and sweaty and he's like on himself like get it together you're not, you know, you're not showing that you're innocent if you're sweating. No kidding. Not realizing it's not the nerves or pressure like he thinks it is, but it's this oncoming like hives and fever and all that stuff is is forming. And then we have Dottie, which speaking of Dottie, oh boy, I they they mentioned it in the first two episodes we talked about last. We didn't mention it last week, but she's calling herself Glamma, and no, just no. Um, <sighs> I know. <laughs> don't she's do that. Then, uh, but <laughs> she calls. Love and Henry's sick and Love has to take off. She leaves Theo to close up shop, which maybe was a little risky, but I guess it turned out as an okay choice. More about him later. Uh, but yeah, then this whole storyline kind of takes place. So I was like, it's it's a nice little awareness nod to bring up how, you know, technically eradicated diseases can still wreck lives when people listen to nonsense over science and common sense. But no soapbox. No need for that. No. <laughs> I will just say... The message of this episode, as heavy-handed as it may be, yes, I agree. Um, <laughs> I I uh, also agree. But you know, th- th- this was not new. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, j- it's not just you know because of of COVID. Yeah, th- there was a lot a of this has been a thing hour. for a while, and it, a lot of it started. Um, in in California, so mm-hmm. they're kind of spot on with the type of neighborhood that they're set in. This Madre Linda, I know that this is a, a made up type community, but you know, I I feel like it's um, definitely uh, an area uh, in certain neighborhoods in in California that are kind of known for it's a real you know their crunchy you know, zone, right? Um, yes, and. Yes. That's why Love is calling all the other like parents because she knows where it kind of place this is. So mm-hmm. it's likely that other kids would have been affected. So she has to to reach out, which Margaret Brigham, Gil's wife, is f- freaking out, and we later find out because it's her kids that were not <laughs> non vaxxed and, and gave the measles to Henry and Joe. Um, and then Sherry's. Somehow, Sherry's found out already so fast and is pretending to care yeah. as she does. Uh, oh my god, my heart's breaking for them. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's so gross. <laughs> yeah. And then the other side of that story is Joe getting the measles and realizing he also was not vaccinated as a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. And we get that through a hallucination slash flashback. 
uh, <laughs> fever dream situation where we see that he's telling the boy's home nurse that he was vaccinated. His mom had him immunized when she actually didn't. But back in that time, he was still in this mindset that he's protecting his mother, that she was a good mom, this image of her that he was still trying to protect. And so he lied about that back as a kid and then didn't think anything of it as he grew up and kind of forgot about that. And now realizing like, oh, no, what have I done? You know, hallucination double version of me is right. Um, (laughs) Joe hallucinations are very, always make for interesting episodes. So good. (laughs) It is so funny. It never disappoints. Yeah. But man, and then this fever dream mixed with going to to the house to hide the scarf. And then just like, I guess, passing out from being sick after a while and then just waking up with Matthew being there terrible decisions terrible i know he's in a fever dream but terrible decision yeah just quite a quite a journey for him which random little tangent but i thought was cool because when the hallucination version of him Mm -hmm. says you know you know what are you where are you going it's like where you should be going and they said boo radley's house there was a number of to kill a mockingbird references throughout the whole third episode that i thought were were really cool um Mm -hmm. The uh, episode opens with him talking about Scout, of course, the main character in a way, the, the little girl, To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, and then kind of allying her and Henry together a little bit as the kind of innocent child who's starting to, you know, see the world and hopefully doesn't have to see the world as a lot of the evil that it really is. And so I thought that was cool. He likens himself to Atticus Finch at one point, which... Mm, yeah, eh, mm, yeah. Eh, nah. uh, <laughs> not sure about that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but but then that little nod, of course, where his kind of fake self in his hallucination says he's going to Boo Radley's house. I was like, oh, which spoilers for To Kill a Mockingbird? Um, kind of, but like Good it's an old book, and then it's yeah, you old movie, old uh, book. Yeah, right. If you haven't read it by now, shame course, on you. Boo Radley being the next door neighbor. Of the Finches that was who's always choosing to stay inside and quiet and not talk to people because of unfair and untrue rumors that were circulating and stuff about him. So it was a really interesting thing to for him to re- uh, refer to Matthew as him. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was cool. <laughs> I caught that reference and I was like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> I got that. Ching. Score one for me. <laughs> but yeah, he wakes up at Matthew's and kind of is starting to come down from the the worst of it but man it was quite an interesting conversation with them which i've kind of gotten off the topic of just the measles storyline but yeah. not all runs together yeah yeah but it was an interesting conversation because he goes from telling henry i want to be the kind of person who deserves to be your father to immediately going we should frame matthew i'm like oh my god well <laughs> <laughs> took a turn throw, that out, throw what you just said out the window but then after that little conversation with matthew and he's sick being like no, we can't do that because we are better than that. We want to be better than that. And so the whole measles thing, it led them to a good place, but it also did uh, lead to whacking Gil over the head. So, you know, take the good and the bad together. (laughs) You know, when opportunity presents itself, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so good. And and I'm totally with you. Totally with you as far as, you know, like the message. Like, Gil, if you had just vaccinated your kids, you'd be alive. 
You would be locked in a box in a basement right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the message we want to learn. Yeah. Vaccinate your kids, you'll get locked in a basement in a cage. I don't know if that's the message. Um, no. <laughs> I don't know if that's the message, but it's it's the theme, in the, or at least the message of the show. We'll take it. <laughs> Just saying. Um, but yeah, it is interesting um, because, you know, I, it's just in one of my notes that, you know, the season, season three has really hit some headlines that have been really relevant pretty recently. Uh, uh-huh. You know, Gil's son is basically Brock frickin' Turner. Yeah. Um, the whole college admission scandal. Yeah. Uh, the anti-vax movement, which was pre-COVID. That, that's been a thing for that's, a yeah. while. Uh, you know, that's not anything super new, but it has definitely kind of been more in the headlines more recently um, with current events. And then, of course, uh, you know, the missing white woman syndrome, which isn't new, but it's been kind of thrust back into the spotlight, which yeah. you know I'll talk more about. But um, so it, it's and I'm thinking I, I remember, you know, because we've been watching, you know, you as a show that we've covered since season one. So, you know, I'm always kind of watching for when our shows are going to come back, you know, so I can kind of figure out our schedule and when when and what we're going to be podcasting on. And I remember, you know, um, because of, of COVID, uh, so many um, shows that had were in production or were filming got shut down and and they had to you know kind of push things back and this was one of them new season three i remember when they were film or when they were filming and they kind of got they had to shut down for a little while um and so i don't remember when they picked back up but i'd be interested just to know you know what was already being filmed and you know because i'm thinking damn they're really kind of on point you know with some of these yeah. things and kind of hitting hitting some things that are kind of in the news and it's like wow that's just uncanny timing it seems like yeah i wonder because i know like the the doctor in this episode at the hospital mentioned even in the time of covid there's parents that still don't and yeah. so that was actually spoken in a line but i wonder like you know last week in the in the first two episodes where that little kind of throwaway line about sherry holding these big parties at her house during covid that mm-hmm. was in an inner monologue i would I would bet that that was later recorded in ADR and added to the episode. Mm, maybe. Yeah. If they filmed that earlier before the shutdown. I it's, wonder. It's possible. It's possible. It'll, I'm like, I've mentioned multiple times when we're covering Netflix sh- shows, I don't often look at a whole lot of news or Google too much on the show because I don't want to be spoiled um, since we don't watch ahead. Um, but I'll be interested like once we've finished that last episode to, you know, go maybe try and find some of that information out, um, you know, it, cause it's just like, wow, they're just really hitting some things here. Um, yeah. you know, that just kind of funny. So yeah, the, they're doing a good, really good job with it. And some of it I think is funny. All right. Good point. Good point. Um, well, my number three, what I want to kind of talk about, uh, one of those, um, things that I mentioned is the episode title of three uh, episode three missing white woman syndrome. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for anyone who's not aware, you know, of, of, you know, what, which they tell you what it is in the show, you know, Marianne, you know, explains it to Joe, who's completely clueless, um, apparently about what that really is, you know, but they're, they're talking about this, um, you know, missing white woman syndrome and how, you know, we, we do see, and in this, in the case in the show, Sherry, you know, influencers and content creators monetize, um, you know, off of these tragedies. And, you know, it's like 
what we were kind of talking about, how it's kind of been pushed back into the spotlight. That's why I was really curious about the timing um, of, you know, when they wrote and when they filmed uh, this season, because it's really been thrust into the spotlight. This is not a new thing, by the way, this missing white woman syndrome. It's not new. Um, Yeah. But it's been kind of thrust back into the spotlight um, because of, especially because of one recent case um, that was uh, come to light late last year. And I don't know if you followed, I know I followed it really closely. It was the Gabby Petito um, case in recent weeks. Um, that was in August of last year, um, August 2021, yeah. when she I didn't really and was follow it that closely, but mm-hmm. I know people who did, and I know it was everywhere, whether yeah. I wanted to see it or not. So Absolutely. Like, yeah. And the whole thing with, with the guy then being <laughs> going mm-hmm. disappearing and having to track. Yeah, it was a whole... Even if I didn't have to look into it, I was learning all about it. You were it's everywhere. going to hear about it, even if yeah. you weren't following it, because it really was everywhere. And I was following it, um, it and it was just a very sad and tragic case. And um, it was it was sad to just see it unfold. There were just some things that happened. And, you know, I'm a mom, and, you know, um, seeing a young girl like Gabby, who's really close to my daughter's age, um, it just it, it pulled out the mom heartstrings in me thinking my mm-hmm. god that she, she could be like my daughter and so i you know anyway followed the case and so i'm familiar with it um but anyway you know there was because of that case and how it was thrust into the spotlight it really kind of brought that to light for a lot of people who weren't really familiar with it and of course that term you know missing white woman syndrome does refer to this heightened media coverage that does surround missing person cases that involve young white um, upper middle class women or girls and you know how it kind of eclipses you know missing women who are not white or of lower socioeconomic standing, um, and also cases of missing men and boys. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, Marianne points this out to Joe, who, you know, seems clueless about it. And, you know, it's kind of interesting that they bring it up on this show and make a point to talk about it because, you know, we, we kind of, in, in, in you, seasons one and two and, and three, we kind of get to see that point leading up to a true crime. You know, we're kind of seeing what leads up to that point. And a lot of the victims um, of Joe are, you know, white women. Um, so it's interesting that they kind of bring that spotlight uh, to it here in, in this show. And honestly, this is something that, you know, everyone should be talking about more. So I do like that they have, you know, that they're kind of bringing that up as a, a subject in the show because we should be talking about it more. And, you know, when we were talking, you know, I mentioned earlier the, the case of Gabby Petito in the search for her because it was thrust into the spotlight. Nine other bodies of missing people and some people that were people of color um, were discovered as they were searching for Gabby and her um, her fiancé. Um, so, you know, it's just, you know, kind of sad that, you know, people who are victims and and missing that are black, brown or indigenous women, you know, there's no, not a lot of coverage of them. And, you know, it's, it's something I think that, that we need to talk about. So anyway, and it's just kind of sad how all of that, this disproportionate response is, you know, just rooted in our country's history of racism. And, you know, we really need to be talking about more of these cases and everyone deserves that equal coverage. So I really like that they were talking about it, um, and especially on this show when, again, 
you know, a lot of the people who, who end up missing on the show, are, you know, kind of fit that profile. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's my number three. This show can be very goofy and crazy, but also very poignant and bring up some really good stuff too. So that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, I hope it, you know, if people weren't aware, I hope it brought some awareness Um, and I hope it, you know, continues the conversation because we need to talk about it. Um, Mm -hmm. So anyway, what is your number two? All right, talking about white privilege. Theo, um, <laughs> no. good, good lead, and I just pitched that one right in there, didn't right, I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wanted, I wanted to talk about about Theo here. Yeah, um, let's. I don't know what to think about this kid. Um, I don't either. He was really like kind of rubbing me the wrong way in the first episode, and I didn't like him. And then in this episode, I'm a little more on the fence. I just, I don't know. Uh, I mean, he shows up at the bakery. He's trying to hide from all of the camera and news crews and all of this Mm. stuff. But then he's already, he starts it by being annoyingly flirty. And then love shuts him down right away, which was great. Mm -hmm. But I don't know where I sit with him. He's, because he is, he's very obnoxious and thoughtless on a lot of the things he says and does, but also we see a lot more into who he is as a person in this episode. And he's deep down really just a sad and lonely person who needs someone positive in his life. And yeah, I think he could be a really good person. He just needs to be more self-aware maybe a little um, bit. Yeah. Dude, she's married. You know? <laughs> right. But he does have that sarcastic wit and sense of humor that, I really, really like a lot. That's like, I find really charming and a great thing in a person. You know, go back to Tyler Locke from Lock and Key. Like that was one of the oh, like, yeah. cool things about him. I always would point out covering that is that sarcastic quick wit, that kind of humor. I really like. Yeah, same. And and Theo has that in spades. Uh, and so I'm like, oh, he's getting me with that. <laughs> it's like, dang it. Um, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm on the fence too. I don't know. Yeah, the the carrot cake cupcake was a a sweet kind of moment. Of course, he picks the the carrot cake. I would have gone with chai walnut myself personally, but you know, Ugh, okay. I take them both. I have no yeah. willpower. <laughs> Give me one of each, please. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course. You know, she love making that for forty is like her first recipe. It was a really sweet little thing to to see and hear there. But of course, him. You know, the way she like looks at him for a second, like long, like thinking about her brother, and then he goes. Oh fuck! It. I just failed some kind of personality test or something. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, no, no, it's not that. But he goes on like winning brownie points because when she rushes off to the hospital or to take care of Henry, he closes down the bakery and then later he's bringing her food up to the hospital and he's he's trying. You know, pretty but irresistible also, when a guy brings you tacos because yeah. that's really all I want. Tell me I'm pretty and bring me tacos. And I'm yours. Like, but, but what are his intentions? <laughs> Is he like just trying oh, to be a, yeah. a good person and a good neighbor and a good friend and be there for her? Mm. Or does he still have this thought in his mind that like they're going to end up together at the end of this? Like he's still like flirting <sighs> with her because I don't trust when they're back him. at the bakery after the search, that kiss, he does k- lean in and kiss her after this deep and meaningful conversation about having somebody who knows who you are and can be there to support you and all the things he deeply really does need. 
Yeah. But the way he's hearing it is love's telling him, and I'm that person for you. And that's not necessarily what she's saying. But he, he reads into it. Again, she just tells him, stop. But she's keeping him around. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, he's a good kid, mostly, I think. But th- it could get dangerous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. So maybe there's hope for him, but also, you know, I don't know. Because that was a big step back there. I, I don't know. Um <sighs> I'm like you. I I don't know what to think about him yet. I'm I'm really undecided, and I don't trust him just yet. And you know, he's one of my points too. So, um, I wonder if he's going to be their downfall for Love yeah. and Joe. Um, you know, I was when look I. I don't blame Love for running out of the bakery when she got the call that Henry was sick and in the hospital. Of course, that's what you do, but. Don't leave the son of the neighbor that you just murdered alone uh, in your bakery. Right. Um, I'm like, oh, my God. Love. Like, J- Joe and Love murder so many people, but yet they can be so terrible at it. And, yeah. <laughs> and I, it's like they <laughs> don't think about these things at all. I would have been like, okay, you know, Theo, you got to go. I'm closing up. You know, um, I would not have left him there. I'm like, they've got a murder basement. You know, down yeah. there. Uh, and why would you leave? I, I feel like he very well could have snooped and found something. Um, so I don't trust him at all, like leaving him unattended. And I feel, I, I think his intentions, like clearly he has a thing for love, but I think she sees him more as like a replacement for 40. She treats him like mm-hmm. 40, especially like in that scene and you might have a point in this, so I won't elaborate, but in the scene where he, you know, goes after Sherry and love like apologizes to Sherry for him. That's exactly what she would have done for 40. Yeah. Um, That's actually a really good point. I was trying to, yeah, figure out what it is because yeah, I mean, he is young. I mean, he's mm -hmm. of age. Like it's fine. You know, it's not like a creepy thing, but but he's still a kid. I, I, I refer to him as a kid. We don't. And yeah, well, we I, don't know. Yeah. He's he's in college, so what? Yeah. Maybe nineteen, twenty, maybe twenty-one. I don't know. But yeah, and, yeah. but she's supposed to be older than him. Yeah. So yeah. And, and so he kind of has this, you know, romantic thing for her that he's not doing very well hiding. No. <laughs> but yeah, I think. But I was like, that's not where she's at. But she does have a connection to him and i was thinking yeah like a little brother Mm -hmm. and so because even though her and 40 were twins she was clearly the mature and she took she took care of him you know she took um, care of 40 and you know she was a like a calming presence for 40 she kind of helped keep him in line a little bit and i think she recognizes in theo like he's really looking for someone to kind of care for him. Like he hasn't really had anyone to care for him. Uh, and I think she recognizes that and she definitely misses 40. And I think she's definitely put him in like in yeah, that same, really good same place. I hadn't put it together completely that far. I was just thinking, yeah, like a, like a brother figure or somebody, but, but as like a replacement for 40 makes mm-hmm. sense. And I was kind of wondering, cause even, you know, Theo's own background last week, I, remember mentioning i was a little confused about the like matthew and theo relationship because it's his stepfather and so i was like well why is he yeah and so we get that when matthew's 
talking to, to Joe. And so it seems that Matthew must have married in to the family when Theo was not like, he was kind of like what the, the doctor says to Joe, like an older kid where he's still like maybe like 9, 10, 11, you know, yeah. where he's old enough to know what's going on, but he's also still young enough to where he was raised by Matthew. Um, right. And they, they seem to have butted heads a lot, as step parents typically end up doing a lot of times. I can attest to that. Uh, yep. Yeah. I, I was I grew up with a, a stepmom, so I know exactly, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's those, those things. Uh, but that the relationship seemed to have been solid enough that now that Theo's a little more grown, he knows that Matthew loves him and he comes to him over his own mother when he needs somebody for support. And he does refer to him as dad a lot of times for these episodes, too. Not Matthew. He calls him dad. Yeah. So, so there is a closer relationship. So I think that, you know, I was like, okay, that, that makes a little bit more sense. But, uh, but yeah, when she's talking to him through the fence, which again comes with a lot of the, the sarcastic humor that I really love that. Oh yeah. You know, so they're, they're just going to take all these people out there to what? Like you can go search this national forest to find Natalie out there stacking rocks. Uh, <laughs> I know. Was, what did they think? <laughs> what, what are they looking for exactly? Yep. Yeah. She's like, you know, Sherry and her creepy <laughs> crew are going to go out there. It's like, you, you don't want to go out there. And I love his response. He goes, I've actually been really waiting for this opportunity to join a cabal of soulless bulimic yoga moms. I think it's my calling. Oh, that such a good line. Such a good that line. right there, I was like, "Uh oh, I think I like him now." Damn, I know. Damn it. <laughs> Don't want to like you yet, but you got some good lines. Yeah. yeah, and then like what really got it? Yeah, is whenever he overhears Sherry saying that horrific stuff about his family, and just, "Oh, where's your fucking bullhorn?" Because if you got an idea, you know, if you got an opinion, maybe everybody needs to hear it. He goes, you're trying to cash in on someone else's tragedy so you can sell your fucking vegan period panties and get all these likes on your Instagram posts. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah. Get it. Tell her. <laughs> like, <It's> so good. <laughs> uh, <sighs> you're so good at that, Peek. Um, <laughs> gotta catch my breath. Uh, but yeah, but love steps in, you know, he's saying, like, mm-hmm. apologizes to Sherry on his behalf, and he's, oh, he's having a very hard day. He's trying to, like, keep the peace, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly what she's up to. I She's staying on Sherry's good side for some reason, and but Theo is clearly, like, offended by that. He's like, oh, wow, thanks. Thanks for step- standing up for her, not me, in this time. Okay, cool. <laughs> Which, I don't blame him for being upset. I don't blame him for being upset, but I think love... Um has maybe a reason to try and keep Sherry on her good side. Um, I mean, we've seen how Sherry throws, you know, accusations around, you know, yeah, and, and, and did kind of bring up, you know, love being one of the last people that, that saw her. Um, she was telling the media, you know, well, I'm sure everyone would love for her husband to, you know, kind of tell his story, but he's not talking, you know, and, you know, she she definitely uses her power and influence. And I think love recognizes that. So it's, you know, her way to kind of manipulate and try to control it herself. Um, yeah, I, I think anyway, that's what she's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, after the case is uh, quote unquote closed, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because Theo's taking off. So we'll see if we see him again soon. I don't I I have a feeling we're not done with Theo. Uh, I, I think he'll think. be back. Um, yeah, but then yeah, we have all these this big flower 
bunch left at the door. This big bouquet. Mm-hmm. That, uh, Not very subtle. From, from Sherry. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, okay, what's... You know, so it seems to be getting, like, actually accepted by Sherry now. I was like, does she really want that? It's it's good. You know, she does say through the fence that optics are a thing. And you, it, you know, always have to try to make sure you look good in certain situations. But, you know, not being on Sherry's good side is always good as long as, you know, you don't become one of the gremlins, you know, and I and love yeah. would never, I don't think so. I, I wouldn't want that, but I understand why she'd want to keep, you know, Sherry close, you know, keep mm. your enemies close. Um, so I, I feel like that's probably what she's trying to do. Yeah. She, you know, good point. Very good point. Um, yeah, that was one of my points as well, or at least specifically, you know, Theo and just, you know, my suspicions of him. I don't trust him. Don't quite know what he's up to. Um, so I like that. Uh, what's your number one? Um, Gil. Which we've talked a lot about. Yeah. Just uh, what, what, what what do we do about Gil? Uh, oh, no. Which right at the beginning of episode four, he can't help but just dig his hole deeper by saying the stupidest <sighs> things imaginable to Joe. As Joe's like talking, it's like not, not just most scientifically inaccurate things you can say, but like read the freaking room or read the yeah, cage, dude. Oh, um, man. Yeah. <laughs> he can't, it's like he can't help himself. He's got to go into the whole, whole, whole spiel. Joe, I think no. at that point, wants to murder him. Joe looks like he's yeah. about ready to, to like knock him out, too. I know. Joe's got this mindset. He's like, oh, I'm sure we can write this off as one big misunderstanding. And then Gil won't stop talking. And he's like, oh, no, my wife was right. <laughs> yeah, this this was right. Uh, but, man, and it, they want to just be able to keep this. You know, originally Joe wants to keep what happened between themselves. Mm-hmm. Thinking Gil might be the person that would let that slide. But. He's really good at reading people in certain cases like this and keeps him locked up. He can't trust him. And that begins kind of this episode's storyline of Joe trying to figure out some kind of mutually assured destruction leverage on Gil. Yeah. <laughs> the best dark secret Gil can come up with is him and a lady from his church took their fundraiser money to gamble with in Vegas, lost it, but then just as easily pulled the money from their own bank accounts to cover it. Wow. How crazy. Wow, dude. Skeletons <laughs> in your closet. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Even when he throws up the made-up part about them sleeping together, you know, real rough style. Mm-hmm. That still <laughs> didn't... That didn't do it either. Um, <laughs> which then, his little... Ah, fuck! That was hilarious to me. <laughs> it was. It was. But, yeah, so it kind of... Joe's hit a wall. He can't figure out a way to safely let Gil out because clearly, you know, the, the sins of this person are not bad enough to to warrant much of anything. And Love's just like, well, then let's just kill him. And that's her answer, yeah. which Joe snaps at her a little bit for, for that. Uh, you know, I'm not going to, you know, you're not going to make me kill anyone. Which, I mean, I guess if there's anything to put a hard foot down on, murder is a good thing to, to draw a line at. Everybody's got their limit. You, you know, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So since they're so not much, getting away from Gil. So much for <laughs> vows, you know. 
<laughs> Till death does part means other people's death. Yes. Um, no. <laughs> no, don't let that do us part. We can take care of that one. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, since they're not making much headway with him, Love decides to bring the the PI, your family's PI, back on the case again. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got to find something. And I do like their conversation at dinner where she tells him that she got the PI on there. And then it's not really an argument, but Joe's trying to understand her. And then she comes to an understanding with him. She's like, you know, I was, it broke my heart when you snapped at me about you don't want to kill anybody. It's like, not because I don't want, it's because I want you to kill people for me and, you know, vice versa. But because I see how badly you really want to be a good father. And that, you know, maybe I'm trying to pull you back down and we, we need to be building each other up. And so it turns out to be a good thing that they get the PI for the most part, uh, find some pretty damning stuff on him, uh, yeah. about the family really that Gil didn't even know about this fake fund to cover for his son's crimes. That, right. So he could still get into Dartmouth and all of this. And Gil didn't even know about, I mean, he, he was aware of what his son was and mm-hmm. who, what his son had done. What he had done before, yeah. But was not aware of this whole fund thing. And Gil ends up still blaming himself for letting all this happen. And he ends up hanging himself in the cage. Which I was like, man, that is pretty fucking dark. Uh, it is. You know, it leads to Joe and Love being able to fit the two problems together and kind of be done with everything for now. But it's not really the best way. Like, it's not the way you want to see it resolved from, like, an ethical standpoint. You're like, that's just rough. Uh, I mean, Joe's reaction said it all. Whenever, he, there, you know, there's poor Gil and Love's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And she's talking to Joe and Joe's just laying back on, like, these flower sacks or whatever it was. And he's just like, mm-hmm. fuck, we got another, <laughs> you know, we got another dead yeah. body and another story you know, to have to, to, to deal with here. Um, just mm-hmm. that cracked me up. Yeah. He was, uh, Gil was Neville Longbottom last week. Now he's dead. Ned Flanders this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they, they put this plan. So what they end up being able to do because of Gil's decision there is while they're out on that search for, for Natalie loves able to sneak away for a little bit hide an axe that they put Gil's prints on in the woods. Mm -hmm. It's not the same axe, though, obviously. There's no blood on the blade. I'm like, I'm not sure how they're supposed to tie this to Natalie 100%. Um, Yeah. Suspension of disbelief on that, I guess. I Uh, guess. Like I said, they're not so great at covering them up. Yeah. (laughs) Not not the best. They're kind of bad at murder. Uh, and And then Joe's part of this plan, of course, is typing up this suicide letter for Gil that basically says, you know, him admitting he was having an affair with Natalie, but then when he realized he couldn't have her all to himself, that he kills her in this, like, you know, fit of passion. And then he just couldn't bear what he had done anymore. And, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, not the best situation, but I mean, for Joe and Love, at least, uh, it's the best they could have been handed. Throws off a little bit, a little bit of suspicion, and I feel like I feel like it was very detailed, a little overly detailed in what you would expect from uh, a confession type letter in that situation. Yeah. But you know, they did throw in the whole, you know, where he disposes of her in the ocean, probably to help yeah. try and get them out of the woods, you know, right. um, so they don't find Natalie. Um, whether that works or not, I don't know. But I'm like, that's oddly specific. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, would, would would someone really write something like that? But you know, it's Joe. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that. Good number one. Um, my number one. Uh, I I couldn't help uh, as I'm watching this. Uh, and especially the second episode in particular, um, episode four, uh, I got some real uh, Gone Girl vibes. Did you read that book or watch that movie? I did not. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, I remember watching, or sorry, before it became a movie, I read the book because um, it was on like the bestsellers list and it was getting just so much hype, right? And I'm like, I've got to check this out back when I was still reading books. Um <laughs> <laughs> I do still read the occasional book. I'm not completely illiterate, um, just FYI. Um, but I did read Gone Girl, one of my absolute favorite books. Just thought it was absolutely fantastic. And of course, when they made the movie, absolutely had to watch it. And say what you want about that movie. It's a good movie. It really is good. I highly encourage you, Pake, either read the book or watch the movie or both. Um, and for anyone else out there who hasn't. But um, and I don't... Uh, don't want to spoil it for anyone so i'll try not i'll try to keep it fairly spoiler free but anyway i got some real gone girl vibes with this episode and i'm pretty sure natalie checked that book out uh when she was in the library i think she checked out gone girl and i think clearly it was not for matthew matthew had he read gone girl would have seen how badly it played out for nick um in the book and he probably should have spoken up to the press a little bit sooner and you know even joe was telling him that like dude you you can't just sit in here and not say something like you know yeah it it looks terrible on you um so i i loved the vibes that i got from this episode they definitely um you know i think had a little bit of that theme going on and i don't know what to think about matthew i'm could he have like more hidden cameras that maybe Natalie was not aware of. I mean, you mentioned earlier the whole fever dream that he had and he, he jumped the fence. He passed out for how long? Um, and Natalie said, Oh, this is the only camera back here that doesn't work. But how does she know that this dude's supposed to be like, um, you know, leading advanced technology. He could right. have a lot more cameras that she didn't know about and wasn't aware of. He could even have even bugged Joe's phone when he was passed out. I don't I don't trust this guy. I feel like either Matthew or Theo uh and maybe both of them together are working maybe together. I feel like they're almost a little suspicious of of Love and Joe. And she was super careless by leaving Theo in the bakery and then Joe in his stupor um and to be passed out for so long. Um I don't fully trust Matthew. I it, these are two really smart people. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't, you know, Matthew didn't get where he is by being stupid. And, you know, Theo is pretty smart too. So I don't know. What do you, what do you think of Matthew in that whole situation? Man, I don't know. I'm, I'm less, uh, suspicious of him than you are. Uh, you know me, I'm suspicious of everyone. I'm like, oh, um, they're a murderer. They're a murderer. Yep. (laughs) I mean, with, with this show, I wouldn't be surprised if they flipped something and, there's this whole mastermind thing with Matthew, but I don't know. I, t- I took him pretty face value in this episode. Mm, okay. As what, when, when Joe is talking to him and realizing, you know, when he finally does go out and speak, mm-hmm. this, that Joe's literally just saying, you know, Oh, the reason that he waited this long is because he re- really 
is just a caring, loving person. He just couldn't bring himself to talk about her. I kind of did take it at face value. Um, his, you know, and if God forbid someone out there did do something to my wife, I will find you and you will be punished. It's like, ooh, how's that for foreshadowing? Um, That's right. <laughs> well, and I mean, I mean, I don't think, I mean, obviously he didn't do something to Natalie, right? Like we know what happened right. to Natalie, but I just, I think he suspects maybe Joe in love. Yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't put it past him to, you know, have some sort of device in their house or bugging so his phone not, or him not speaking for an extended period of time is more him giving himself some time to do his own digging. I think so. It could be. It really could be. But I, I mean, that's what I'm suspicious of. I just, I think that mm-hmm. he, he might be suspicious of them and he's, yeah, maybe doing his own detective work. Um, you know, because Joe just kept freaking talking and talking and talking. I'm like, my God, would you shut up? You know, <laughs> um, it just does not look good. So I don't know. Um, I just I don't think it looks good for Love or Joe. I feel like either Theo or Matthew um, could get something on them and, yeah. and you know, find something out. So I don't know. Um, not sure what to think about Matthew. Um, do you have any notes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got plenty of notes for these episodes. Awesome. Um, let's see. What have I not already mentioned? Uh, yeah, let's see. We talked a lot about, yeah, Matthew not really wanting to come out. Just a little thing. The newscaster knocking over the sprinkler, breaking the sprinkler. Oh, hilarious. Purposely to get Matthew to go out to fix it so they could try to interview him. I was like, eh. That's pretty smart. Yeah, whatever it takes. <laughs> gotta get that story. Gotta hustle. Uh, yeah. He's not, he still wasn't talking at that point, but, you know, do what you did. Um, yeah, and then they're kind of their whole back and forth of wanting to frame Matthew and then him actually going through with it in a way. But then after that conversation, taking the scarf back and then even love being understanding of that being like, yeah, you're right. We are better than that. And then burning the scarf. I thought that was a really good moment for both of them. It was, but, and I don't know if it was intentional, and I feel like it was intentional, because I feel like this show is just good at that kind of thing, but when they said that, when they looked at each other and she said, we're better than that, the song that played right after that was called I Lied, and it Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) took me out. <laughs> right. But then the lyrics of the song were like, you know, I wanted to be a better man and uh, all of this mm-hmm. stuff. So it's, yeah, well, mm-hmm. yeah, it can go either way. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, the police interviewing Joe after the, the bakery had been kind of thrown under. Oh, my so God. They looking back into things. Oh, my God. And yep. they had found the footage of Joe and Natalie in the parking lot. Uh, along with their condom handoff, just that whole that conversation. Joe's able to kind of do his best to play it off as a weird neighborly joke, and then the whole masturbation saves the day for now. <laughs> it took three seasons, but Joe's masturbation in public places finally paid off. <laughs> right. <laughs> God. So I that was funny. Um, stuff with Dottie. I mentioned her a little bit earlier, but uh, she's officially getting a divorce. So good for her, I guess. Um, yeah. calling herself Glamma, like I mentioned, don't do that, please. Um, 
then her whole thing was she's buying a vineyard instead of helping love pay for the bakery at first. Which, I mean... I mean... She's a grown woman. She can do what she wants with her own money. She doesn't have to give it to her, her kids. Uh, to be fair, that's absolutely kids. true. It's yeah. just it's just a reflection of like how selfish she is and self-absorbed yeah. and, you know, but yeah. We see in their conversation, she's so painfully unaware of how her faults affect her daughter. Yeah. Like, because then you know, the only thing she can say is, oh, you're f- so full of hatred, it's not healthy. And it's like, well, why do you think she hates you so much? Yeah. Have you taken a look at the things that you do and say? We saw so much of it in um, season two, you know, kind of yeah. got that dynamic. And yeah. Um, so then let's see if I've got more. Of course, the ring. You know, the police find the ring, which they expected to, but then instead of their plan was they'll see the ring and then she left it there and then went somewhere else. And no, they just decided to search the forest right there where she left the ring, mm-hmm. which is where they initially buried the body. Thank God they they pulled it up and, and took it somewhere else. But now they're hoping they didn't leave anything behind. And I guess we can still wait to see about that. Uh, I think they were pretty thorough, but also they're great at making mistakes. So... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. But uh, the last little note, um, the little flat, the flashbacks with Nurse Fiona and and Young Joe, and her being just so incredibly kind and sweet to him. I I have a theory or thought that because I mentioned last week, you know, I noticed they have a new actor for Young Joe, another kid, and I was like, I wonder if they changed the actor to pick a kid that would be able to handle really heavier things. Yeah. And so that's kind of I'm I'm still thinking that might pay off because I'm I've got this little theory in mind that this this nurse here is the start of <gasps> Joe. Thank you. Clinging to somebody, kind of obsessing a bit, perhaps in the future, you know, where he needs somebody to love him, and I, I won't be surprised to see the the young Joe getting too attached to this doctor, this woman, in an unhealthy way, and it ends up leading to something bad. Thank you for that note, because it was also one of my notes, was this nurse from mm-hmm. when he was at this orphanage. I wonder if this was the beginning of his, yeah. like, obsessions. Yeah, because, you know, she's just really kind to him and says something, you know, about, you know, if I was to ever adopt a kid, I would want it to be an older kid like you, because you you're, you are who you are. and right it's pretty easy to, to figure you out at this level. And I know, you know what, what to deal with. And it's like, and you should be proud of you are a, a young man at this point, And you aren't just, you know, just a little kid anymore. Who's just all over the place. Like you're becoming who you are. And I think he read into that a little, you see his eyes. Yes. As he's just, you know, obsessed with her immediately like you just see the way he looks at her after that point it's like oh god joe don't oh because i know what adult you does is this the start oh of god like, talk oh, about this. dark um <sighs> as a child but you know and then she also provides like justification like or what it was something about she wouldn't blame him if he what pushed the bullies down the stairs or something like that um i can't remember the exact line but kind of providing that justification that's what joe does you know Mm -hmm. he justifies all of his actions and you know just makes it okay and rationalizes and i feel like that's kind of planting that seed so yeah definitely i think some clues there 
Uh, and it, and she looks a lot like some of his other obsessions, the other women that he's mm-hmm. obsessed with. I think that was intentional casting on their part because yeah. um, she definitely favors a lot of uh, like Candace and um, oh, the names are escaping me. But um, I'm thinking that could be the start. I think you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm glad you picked up on that, too. Good observation. Any, yeah, any other notes? That's all I have. Well, I think we covered most of mine. The only one that I kind of thought of, I was because it's just so absurd, and and I love it. I love this show for its absurdities. Um, but wouldn't it be, just something that made me funny. Like, what if after all of this, the murders, the kidnapping, burying bodies, Joe goes to jail for taking rare books from the library? Right. <laughs> 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 That's what doesn't end. <laughs> That's what sends him to jail. <laughs> or forgery of books. The forgery of the books right. or stealing books, taking the rare books from the library. That's why he goes down, like gangsters and tax mm-hmm. evasion or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like That's what's going to be the downfall. Um, that was great. Um, I, I'm excited to watch the next couple of episodes and see see what happens next. Um, oh, yeah. And, and how they're going to keep me guessing. Because they always have so many great twists and turns. Um, well, time for some listener feedback. Let's see what our listeners have to say about this week's episode. Um, would you like to take that first one for me? All right. The first one comes from Don Elizabeth. Says, I made the mistake of not watching the first two seasons of You again before watching this one. Listening to your podcast last week helped fill in the blanks. I'd forgotten that love was just as bad as Joe. I do enjoy Joe's inner monologue and his and love's repartee. Matthew doesn't seem all that bad after helping Joe when he was sick, but you can't trust anyone in this show. The neighbors are pretty vile. and the ending of episode three, love is out of control. Is that controlling your impulses? <laughs> I think I like episode four the most so far. I'm enjoying how things are unfolding with Theo and love. I didn't expect love and Joe to lock someone in the cage so soon. And an unusual thing, and as usual, things have worked out again for Joe. And now he has a possible new obsession in the librarian. Let the good times roll. Yeah. <laughs> for sure thanks Don mm-hmm. we got an email this week as well um, hi Rima and Paik thanks for going back and picking this one up it was great fun but I understand you already had a full plate at the time honestly after Dexter this is almost like watching Serial Killer Teen Edition <laughs> <laughs> particularly with Love's chronic oops I killed him again antics highlighting each episode I'd forgotten just how morbidly funny these episodes were. There were a lot of memorable lines. My favorite was probably Theo's description of the cabal of soulless believing yoga moms. Yeah. <laughs> um, Masturbation saves the day was a close second. <laughs> Personally, I loved the whole anti-vaxxer plot line. We knew that Gil was gone or the moment he apologized for uh, hospitalizing 40 Jr. The look in love's eyes said it all. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. It was hilarious about how Joe both praised Love for controlling her impulses and merely knocking Gil out and dragging him to the murder basement rather than outright killing him. His suggestion that they could have, you know, sued Gil was almost inaudible by comparison. More like an afterthought, really. As my city is currently being held hostage by domestic terrorists protesting the infringement of their rights because we want them to get vaccinated and please wear a mask, I probably enjoyed the sound of the rolling pin hitting Gil in the head far more than i should have (laughs) 
I'm there with you. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) This show is so good at tapping into what is happening in the real world and commenting on how many people feel about it. Um, I like how they're digging into Joe's backstory and shedding some light on the experiences that led to his lack of empathy. I also like how they show Joe occasionally struggling to do the right thing, only to immediately backslide. It's just painful how fleeting his insight is and how he never really grows from any of his life lessons. I'm looking at you, Marianne. We knew that Gil was never getting out of that murder basement, but it was so tense and painfully funny watching Joe try to extract a heinous act from the only saint in Madre Linda. The fact that love succeeded and that he killed himself to their great surprise highlights how emotionally um, empty both of them are. Neither of them have any insight into what a person with a conscience might feel and how they might possibly react to knowing that they contributed to their son becoming a serial rapist. Maybe if they hadn't believed their son that it was a misunderstanding and covered it up uh, the first time, he may have gone to jail and stopped. Gil has real culpability in what happened to the next girls. He knows it and literally cannot live with it. The whole situation of frame Gill and plant the axe had a pretty strong Scooby-Doo takes or does a murder vibe to it. Maybe it will just be delicious enough for all those starving bulimic moms to wolf down. Poor Theo. He had such a hard day. Love, what are you doing with Sherry? Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. All the best, Gail. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Gail. Great email. Thank you guys for your feedback. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate everyone's kind of coming back. I know the show came out in October and folks, you know, watched it then. Um, and we're just now getting around to it. So I really appreciate folks coming back and kind of doing their rewatch with us and, you know, kind of enjoying it the second time around. So appreciate yeah. that. Well, next week for us, uh, we will be covering um, episodes five and six. Um, of season three of you titled Into the Woods and Womb or W-O-M-B. They kind of had it with the initials there. So I'm not sure if it's Womb or W-O-M-B, but I don't know, kind of ominous. I'm a little worried about what's in that episode. I don't know. (laughs) Little dark and twisty things happening here. So looking forward to that. So hope you join us um, next week as we reach the midway point of our season three coverage of you. Um, And until then, we are excited for you to follow us into the murder basement. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast. You can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at Podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. Please, please. Please, please. (laughs) Uh, And speaking of great podcasts, make sure you check out Paik and Daphne and their podcast, Run For Your Lives. Any teasers this week, Paik? Yeah. So this week we are, we we took last week off. Uh, We are back this week. Yay. With a 2019 kind of indie film. It was a uh, Sundance Maybe, whichever one. Um, <laughs> one of those indie, kinda, indie kind of things. Yeah, one of those uh, <laughs> indie, indie films that I had never heard of until Daphne was like, we're covering it. And I was like, okay. And then I watched it. And now it might be in my, like, at least like top 10 movies of all time. It's, it was so good. I, I enjoyed it. It's called Little Monsters. Oh. No, not with, not with Fred Savage. And <laughs> oh, going way <laughs> back. Going way back. Yeah, yep. not, not, not that one. Um <laughs> But it was a 2019 film uh, starring Lupita Nyong'o and Josh Gad. Oh. Um, which I love both of them very much. Yeah. 
uh, for different reasons. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's 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 so much fun. It's an Australian film. Okay. It's very Australian, uh, but it's about this kind of deadbeat uh, failure musician guy who winds up going with his nephew's uh, kindergarten class on a field trip to a farm where they meet up with a ch- uh, children's TV show personality. And while they're there, they get attacked by zombies and have to survive. L- Lupita Nyong'o is the teacher. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's badass. It's hilarious. It's That's awesome. Thrilling. It's got a lot of heart to it. It's just everything that I love. So it was great. That's great. <laughs> well, it sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, it's on Hulu to watch. So if you want to check it out, oh, there you go. Hulu right now. So, uh, listen or watch that movie, and then maybe let me and Daphne know what you thought. We'd love to have some feedback on it. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be great. Be sure to do that, everyone. Yes. But all right, that is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. I'm Peg. And Tony Douglas is strange indeed. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.